Hey there, welcome to the Get It Together podcast. Melissa here. On today's episode, we continue our conversation from episode three with Caleb, my great friend. We talk a little bit more about what it's like to be selfless and selfish when it comes to relationships, along with some other ideas about how to be successful in one. Hope you really enjoy. Please be sure to follow the Get It Together podcast on Instagram at G-I-T podcast so you know whenever an episode is dropping. Let's get on into it. Happy listening. Yeah. Why? I, I don't think being selfish is healthy. No. Why don't you think it's healthy? I think there are moments where you should be selfish, as in you have to make sure that like we were just saying earlier, that you're not pouring from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. But to have a life full of selfishness and to be thinking about, um, honestly, to be, think, to be looking at a mate to say, what can this person do for me? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's healthy at all. Because I'm going to go scripturally. If we're supposed to constantly be doing acts of service to another mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be of service to my spouse mm-hmm. so how can I be of service to another person if I'm always thinking about me and in turn if he's thinking about how he's going to be in service to me needs are always going to be met so selfless yes Okay, that's what we should be encouraging to be selfless, but we're being taught to be selfish. We are. Uh, which, which again, I, I don't think it's healthy at all. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a fine line between... Um, it's, it's important to take care of yourself. Because, you know, you know, the cliche, which is not a cliche. Uh, how can you take care of someone else when you can't take care of yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's a real truth. Oftentimes, we try to bring people into our circle. I got you. Well, you got yourself. <laughs> Go sit down somewhere. <laughs> How can you get me, get me in if you're not in? Exactly. <laughs> we'll figure it out together. <laughs> I mean, in some cases, that works, right? In some cases, there are some instances where... You figuring out with another person is necessary. Right. But it's very far and in between. Yes. Especially when it's coming, especially when we're talking about relationships. No. We figure, we'll be figuring out together. Like that, right? Yeah. Prime example that I really hate. I used to not understand it when I was younger, but I really hate that. Are you a ride or die chick? You want to know why? Because I think that is the most selfish thing a man can say to a woman. Why? Why am I riding with you and why do I have to die? Why, uh, do, why does I have to come with each wait, other? Wait, wait, were we, weren't we talking about being selfless earlier? Yeah, but that's a selfish statement. That's saying I need you to be in a space where no matter what I do, you're going gonna ride or die with me that is selfish oh, okay aren't we called to be christ-like yes and then um no matter what didn't jesus while we were yet sinners 
Yeah, but Jesus didn't tell me I'm supposed to die for someone. That's what he died for. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So aren't we supposed to daily try to emulate and be like Christ? Absolutely. Pattern ourselves after him? Absolutely. But not that, wait, but we're not not dying for people? Is that what we're doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but there's only one Jesus, okay? (laughs) All right, man. (laughs) Wow, Melissa. No, no. When I say, okay, let me clarify. (laughs) Because that way it'll laugh very quickly. No, what I'm saying is because I'm I'm saying where that statement comes from, the ride or die. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying But is that really a terrible statement? The context of what it means for most men who say it, it means no matter what I do to you, in most cases, I'm talking about that specific selfish point. I'm not talking about men who are saying like you know, if I lose my job, like, are you going to ride or die with me? Like, of course, I'm going to I'm going to be there. I'm talking about men who are like saying, are you going to ride or die with me? Like they cheat on you time and time again. I still need you to ride or die with me. But here's here's the um, here's the area, I think, where women, when they're faced with that question, you know, are you a ride or die? They often are saying yes to a man that's not, you know, in front of God. A man that's not, you know, conducting himself in a way that is honorable. So they they meet, you know, these various dudes from wherever mm-hmm. and um, they don't know their makeup and their background and they pose these questions because there's an interest there automatically. Yeah, I'm right or die. But for whom? Are you worth riding or dying for? Listen... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we make these decisions that we ride or die. And then, like you said, you get cheated on continuously. Mm-hmm. Um, you get abused, whether it be emotionally, <laughs> physically. And then this dude is looking at you like, you you know, man, I need a chick that's ride or die. And it's like, wait, you're abusing this person. That's what I mean by selfishness. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't mean it from the point of I need to be selfless. Yeah. But when you meet a man that, that, you know, really is about that life of, you know, uh, kingdom life, and you know this man, everything that they do is to glorify God, I'm going to ride or die for that one, right? We could say you're right. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to ask you. I'll tell you before you can even ask me the question. That's a man of God right okay? there. I'll be like, listen, I'll ride or die for you. Do you say I need to die all over again for you? Yes, I will. So in those cases, yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I don't want it to sound, you know, split. Mm-hmm. But I just think a lot of times. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I just think a lot of times we. We have to be careful what people say to us. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And. How those sayings are interpreted to us to make sure that they're not coming from a selfish place, right? Like what, what I was just saying to mm-hmm. you earlier yeah. in the previous episode. If I'm listening to you and you're asking me if a guy says, oh, are you a ride or die? And he has no context behind mm-hmm. that. I'm listening to what he didn't say with that statement. Like, mm. why did you ask me that? Like, what a part of being a ride or die do you need from me specifically? Mm, Very good point. That's what I mean. 
Yeah, and oftentimes we don't ask those questions and we quick to answer. I'm like, yeah, I'm right to die. <laughs> <laughs> I have definitely answered that question without asking follow-up really? questions. Mm-hmm. Just why? Because I liked him. <laughs> what you mean? Why else? Because <laughs> I liked him. Obviously. Um, now I have follow-up questions later. <laughs> Just not that particular day. Yeah. No, humans are fascinating, man. I like humans. But and, back but mm-hmm. back to what you were saying about selfishness. Do you think you can be... Do you think a lot of people go into marriage being selfish? Yes. Most people go into marriage with a selfless, uh, selfish mindset. And... And it's always, it's, it's usually looking at what can the person do for you as opposed to... What, what can I do for you? <sighs> <clears throat> That's not very difficult. Uh, really, Melissa? It isn't? No. I think when I, not think, I, I believe when you are in God's design and mm-hmm. you're with the person you're supposed to be with... Mm-hmm. The act of selflessness is easy. Er. Than with someone that you're not. I say easier because I don't think selflessness will ever be easy. Because it's a constant dying to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But to be with someone, someone who you know, from a woman's perspective. If I know I'm with, with a man who I know is going to leave me has my best interests in heart, has our family's best interests in mind. Mm -hmm. And I know that he constantly is seeking God to make sure he makes the appropriate decisions for us as his family, as he's the head. I don't, it's not as much of a struggle to be selfless for him. Mm. It's not a struggle to say, okay, I'm gonna wake up. Now I know this is not for everybody. This is just for Melissa. Mm-hmm. It's not a struggle for me to have to wake up early to make sure he's ready for work. It's not a challenge for me to put aside what I may want to do for the day because he needs to rest. Or I'm, I'm, these are like minor things. Right. Right. But how do you determine that from the onset, from courting someone? Mm-hmm. How do you determine that? Is it purely by faith, or can you detect uh, that? Per- can you detect that in a rel- in a person that you can say, you know what, I can be selfless for that person, or it goes back to, you know, not overlooking red flags and. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, it it <laughs> it depends because I believe that ties with knowing yourself and your singleness, Mm -hmm. right? And being self-aware. Because if you're not careful, you can give that selflessness to the wrong person. And guess what they'll do? Abuse it. And you'll be tired and exhausted and drained and you'll never want to be selfless with another person. Yes, I have personal experience. (laughs) Yes, I have personal experience, for sure. So... Why do we allow personal experiences to impact us in the future? Why does it change the way you are? And because of the decision that you've made or we've made mm-hmm. based on our uh, lack of discretion 
or discernment or discernment. paying attention. Mm-hmm. So why did why would you allow that to change you from being uh, selfless to being selfish? Because wouldn't I call that selfish? It would. Yeah. So why do you allow past experiences? Why do we, not just you, because, you know, I can attest to this too. We all have had moments in areas where from past experiences we say, I'm not going to do this anymore because of this. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, before, because we've talked somewhat about this and I'm learning how to not allow past experiences to dictate where I am. Mm Mm-hmm. When you put yourself in selfless situations, you essentially, it's you putting all your marbles in, in the wrong bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try, try to use an analogy for this. So you're on a path, you're, you're the, whatever path God has for you, mm-hmm. right? When you ignore the red stop sign, the yield sign, the do not cross, the do not enter, dead end, all the red flags, all the signs, and you take the left turn and you go down this path that's miles and miles away from where, where you were actually supposed to turn right. And you put all all your marbles, all your eggs, whatever you want to whatever thing you want to put in that basket. Once you figure out Oh, shucks. This was the wrong direction. You have to track back to the path in the middle where you were supposed to be when you were supposed to make the right. Mm-hmm. But you have to go back and pack all the marbles that you put in the wrong basket to take back to the other side. That takes work. It does. And it takes a lot of it takes a lot more effort to do that. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely correct. And we, we tend to do that. And as we go those directions that we ignore all those signs, it, it, there are consequences. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we have to face them. And oftentimes, you know, we try to live a worldly life and want kingdom blessing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of hard when you overlooked what you've been told not to do, what you've been forewarned Get about. Get out of my business. And <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, expect things to, you know, things to happen, you know, uh, for God to bless it. Um, you know, oftentimes it doesn't work like that. And I can, I can attest to that myself as well, too. And these are lessons that you learn and you try to become better. Because I often um, say this to people when I talk about uh, my past experience and, and what I've learned from my marriages. I felt like uh, I kept on repeating the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. Um one thing that I I had, well, you still have, uh, is a lot of girlfriends. Well, you can't be married and have a lot of girlfriends. My girl, please clarify what you mean by girlfriends, as in um, friends who are females. Yeah, friends who are females. Okay. Not um, like girlfriends, like you're dating all these. No, people. no, no. I wasn't dating them, although I did get caught up once or twice, um, uh, <laughs> which wasn't healthy because um, when you keep people of the opposite sex around, mm-hmm. you're bound to you know cross the line and say things that. And do things that uh, you shouldn't be doing uh, you while you're in a relationship. That, are you saying that you can't have friends of the opposite sex while you're in a relationship? I don't. I don't encourage that at all. No. Really. No. Even if they're friends of your significant other. 
Yes. Um, I wouldn't advise that you uh, cultivate a friendship to where uh, you're calling that person every day. Now, you know, uh, general checkup. Hey, how you doing? How's everything going? How's, you know, how's life? Or, you know, use that person as uh, someone you can consult with, someone that uh, you can bounce idea off uh, to occasionally. I think that's absolutely fine. But to have a... Uh, a deep-rooted friendship with the opposite sex. So, like, no best friend. I would, I would absolutely discourage it. I'm speaking from uh, past experience. Okay. Because um, I've had a few best friends that, hey, I liked you. That's all I'm saying. And uh, and also, you know, to do <laughs> to go a bit deeper than that. Uh, uh, there's 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 always that constant you know processing of the mind of looking at that person from a relationship standpoint like hmm, I wonder and as much as people may say I don't look at my best friend like that well you don't know if your best friend look at you like that I'm yeah. not talking about you necessarily because there's always going to be a person that look at you and say hmm I wonder so no I wouldn't I would discourage it it would um, it, it it it's not healthy. Uh, and again, I'm speaking from personal experience. Yes. But based on what you just asked me, mm-hmm. does that personal experience always going to predicate future experiences? Why are you letting something that where you didn't weren't able to practice self-control? Oh, okay. Um, so with that past experience, I've realized something very important. Mm-hmm. Do you know uh, why uh, I allude? Which, which I mentioned something about being single. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Scripture, it stated in the Book of Corinthians, First Corinthians, uh, Paul stated that it, it. You know, he he said even from his opinion, it's better to be uh, single than married. Mm-hmm. Do you know why he said that? Because you have the ability to put more of your attention towards God. That's exactly why he said that. Mm-hmm. So now. That's not my ministry, but. Yeah. N- now, let, let's look at it from a relationship standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm married or I have a little girlfriend, right? And then I have other girlfriends. How much people am I giving my attention to? If these people I can, you know, consider best friend, I have to give them just as much or I have to give them time to. Wouldn't you conclude that my attention would be divided? Yes. Why did you struggle to answer that? Give me a second processing. (laughs) Because I have a lot of male friends. And that's something, I won't say it's something I struggle with, but. You better cut them off when you get married. You said cut them off when I get married. Oh, I said that out loud? You sure did. Yes. I mean, I, I would not have a problem with that. Okay, good. Because I'm going to be paying attention to my husband. Exactly. <laughs> Getting on a random homeboy, you know, calling. Oh, that's my best friend since high school. Uh, calling you at 11 o'clock at night. Yo. Listen here, not <laughs> not for me in my <laughs> house. <laughs> Yo, Melissa, I need to talk to you, man. Got some issues. You don't have to call me tomorrow. <laughs> oh, phone another friend. But yeah, but those are the type of things that happen. You it know, does. You, you will because have that's that what def- a friend, but that's what friendships are. That's right. Even when you have, but listen, the same that applies for the opposite sex, I still believe that applies for same sex, right? If I have a female friend and I have friends, they need to understand that there's specific times you should not be calling me. 
I don't think that just applies to to your opposite sex friends. That's that's where the challenge is for me. It does not. It it, it is not uh, strictly um, relegated to uh, opposite sex. It does apply to uh, same sex as well. Mm-hmm. But there's a greater sense of jealousy that uh, come to play when it's the opposite sex because that's another man. Or that's another one. Hello. But I believe you men take it way more disrespectful than we women do. Well, I don't know about that. Because I've I've been on the other end. Y'all's are pretty territorial. Pretty? No, we're very territorial. (laughs) (laughs) Very territorial. I've been on the opposite end of that before. And... As in, I've been a friend, and I was not a friend to a guy. A friend to a guy, mm-hmm. and and you. a significant other who wants no parts of me, or wants me to have no parts with w- him. Were you perplexed by that? Uh, no, I wasn't perplexed because I can understand it being a woman. What caused me to be perplexed is when I reached out to befriend her. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it wasn't received. No. But uh, are you... In all instances that that's happened to me. Because mm-hmm. it's happened to me more than once. And does that make the situation better? The fact that you're reaching out trying to be friends? Does that... Because there's, a, there's a, a perception that's out there from that person that you're reaching out to that you're friends with with their uh, significant other. The perception is uh, there's a jealousy. There's a sense of, I don't trust, you know, the situation. I don't trust. But that's your insecurity. That's not my fault that you don't trust something you know nothing about. Um, fine. That's absolutely valid. I'm I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. if you think about it, Mm -hmm. okay, if you don't know me Mm -hmm. at all and I'm trying to befriend you, as another woman or if a man's trying to befriend you as another man and you automatically are writing them off just because they're of the opposite sex to your significant other that's to me that's a slight form of an insecurity that you have no i I definitely think that you know there is some insecurity issues bear in mind one of the things that you said um in prior the prior discussion is um what you are in your singleness, if you have insecurities, mm-hmm. you'll have insecurities in your relationship and your marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an absolute fact. Now, um, with that being said, then, are you okay with uh, your significant other, your husband, um, having a girl best friend or two? I'm not opposed to it. But it's not going to be very. It's not going to be long lived. Whoa, whoa, why? Let me tell you why. Because <laughs> oh, if your significant other, and this goes for both ends, if your significant other has a friend of the opposite sex, and they're not trying to get to know you, especially when you are married, and they're not trying to befriend you because you guys are of the same sex, mm-hmm. that is automatically a red flag. Agreed. Absolutely agree. And I understand that there are some women who will use that to get closer to the man and, you know, try to be. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you'll be able to see through that. Yeah. If mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to keep the lie that long, you'll be able to see straight through it. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're paying attention and you're paying attention to what they don't say. Right? Yep. But for a woman, and that's, I believe that's what caused me to be perplexed. Mm hmm. 
if I'm saying to you, especially, especially if I have not crossed that line with that friend, Mm -hmm. and I mean not at all, Mm -hmm. no form of crossing, and I'm telling you, hey, we've never crossed that line. It's Mm -hmm. never been like that. Literally just really cool people. It's like family to me. And I'm like, hey, but I want to get to know you as a female friend because obviously he likes you. Mm -hmm. And I want to like you, too, like he likes you. Because obviously he likes you a lot. Mm -hmm. Because I'm here and he's telling me about you. So, hey, let's be friends. Let's go have brunch together. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. That part. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong for that? It's tricky. Why Um, does that have to be tricky? um, Okay, now, I know it varies from... um, guy and guy and you know uh ladies on ladies um that sounded terrible uh lady friends and lady friends mm-hmm. um meaning if my significant other my wife homeboy like yo caleb um like, man you're a cool dude let's let's chill let's you know i want you know my um your girl told me about you and i really like you let's let's hang out hey hang out and do what <laughs> The same thing you do with your other male friends. The same thing. I don't know if I want to get to know you like that. It's not like he slept. I mean, if he has not slept with your wife or. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> no, I look, I've done it in the past. I have. Um, you, my my you, ex-wife had a few male friends that um, that I've gotten to know. That I've never hung out with them like that, but I've been around them. Uh, they've come over. Um, did I like it? No, I didn't. Oh. I hated it. Did I express that to her? No. Well, that's... Mm-mm. You shouldn't have done that. You should have expressed that. Um, you know, I asked questions. Like, no, it's not even like that. You know, we were friends since, you know, uh, day two. And I'm like, okay. But it, it did it gnaw at me internally? I did. I'm like... Well, why? Because I'm like... There, there have been... There were certain instances where I see certain activities that... Uh, I feel like it was much. I... Uh, you know, hey, yeah, since I'm in the neighborhood, I'm going to bring food for, you know, my friend. Why? Well, I'm not doing that now. That's the thing. That's different. Like, I guess that's where I'm different. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to He needed help with, you know, decorating his house. Why? And why you specifically, right? Well, because, you know, I like designing homes and I'm a good interior designer. What? Are you getting paid? No, that's my friend. <sighs> but, I fault, but I fault you for that because you should have expressed your concerns with that. Absolutely. Now, here's, you know, going back to the singleness again. Mm-hmm. Here's the, the key areas that I've learned that, you know, if you have an issue with that, and you're attracted to or into a young lady that has a male best friend and, you know, you have a valid and legit concern about it, your internal uh, feelings, your gut. Uh, yes, male have gut feelings too. They don't listen to it. But you said a key thing, feelings. Yeah. Feelings are not always facts, though. They, they may not always be facts, but they come from somewhere. If something is telling you That's that, true. you know, there's something unsettling about this... Whatever issue you have from day one is going to be an issue on day two or, you know, day three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Yep, it sure is. Because I've experienced it because the same issues that uh, was there in the from the onset when I was dating my ex-wife is the same issue that plagued the marriage. Hmm. 
If you have an issue, it's a red flag, address it. If that person doesn't address it to where it's satisfying to you, I think you need to reevaluate. You need to have a deeper conversation and see if this, you know, do you see this as something that you can live with long term? Relationships are tricky, but they can be absolutely beautiful. It's all on the foundation that you lay. That's good. No, that is. It's really good. It is all about the foundation you lay. And I laid some poor foundation, I'll tell you that now. <laughs> God for sure should be the center of your foundation. For sure. Yes, and, and um, I can tell you that now. Uh, unfortunately, um, although I was seeking God uh, slightly, He was in the foundation until um, things got a little rocky and, um, and I tried to lean on the rock. And um, it's like, oops, you can lean on me, but I can't, I can't save your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, God can save anything. God can save anything, but um, there's certain things that happen that you, certain decisions that you make that goes against God's laws. Because you can't break God's laws. The laws break you. Okay? And they come back. Let me tell you something. They do. Oh, they come back. But um, glory be to God. I'm glad that lessons that I've learned. I literally felt like I went through. I went to college um, and I failed a few semesters and a few classes and uh, I repeat, I learned a few lessons and I studied, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's in my singleness, and I've realized the areas that uh, were areas of opportunities to learn from and grow from Mm -hmm. and by the grace of God, I've learned a few things and I've grown from a few things. Ready to graduate? uh, Yeah, I graduated. Are you graduating? Yes. Now I'm, I'm ready. You know, when you when you finish college, you're like, I'm ready for the real world now. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. You have your diploma? Yes. You put it on your resume? Uh, not all that, but. <laughs> well, you got to put it on your resume. <laughs> yes, I need to do that for the time. Nothing out there. <laughs> that's good. That's a good analogy. Yeah. So that, that's, that's where your boy is at. And, you know, that's the importance of singleness. So oftentimes people go through um, changes in their lives. They go through, um, whether it be relationship uh, transitions, breakups, divorces, um, or whether it be, you know, personal things, family matters, uh, life-altering, life-changing uh, situations that take place. They don't seek to understand what happened. They don't seek to uh, learn from it. They don't seek to analyze, do some deep diving in, and uh, get better from it. They try to mask it. They try to hide and run away from it and not addressing it. Mm-hmm. And when you don't address uh, trauma, when you don't address, you know, a uh, situation that have been trying, that have, you know, that, that really, you know, test your faith, um, and you know, make you question certain things about the way you handle life. Uh, you don't grow from it. You can go back and repeat the same thing. I agree. And um, it's never healthy. And personally, I think um, having gone through what I've gone through uh, and experience of experience, learn what I've learned. It's absolutely beautiful. And I'm willing to share and you know encourage any. Um, Divorcees and divorcees out there. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Um, you know, seek to understand what you've gone through, what you have uh, 
what you have learned from your past experience and be better. Seek to get better. Seek Jesus. Mm-hmm. Establish a relationship with him. And if you did, get it stronger. It he helps. and guide you. It helps so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah, you're welcome. Please come again. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Mm-hmm. Episode two. Look at you. Ooh, look at you trying to be a poet. I'm done. Like you don't know. Thank you, Mr. Brooks.